The internet changed everything for sales and marketing. Artificial intelligence is going to change everything again. Welcome to AI for Sales, a show that looks at how artificial intelligence is changing sales. Join noted author, speaker, and AI for Sales expert Chad Burmeister as he interviews cutting-edge founders, CEOs, CROs, CMOs, other business executives, and AI experts on the weekly AI for Sales podcast. Join the AI for Sales revolution. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and the AI for Sales expert on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. And today I've got Jorge Sun and Adam, Adam with us as well on the marketing side. Jorge is the co-founder and CEO of LendingFront.com. And LendingFront is a software application that works with banks and other institutions, credit unions and such, and leverages AI in their ability to loan small businesses money. So we're going to dig into some of those topics. But before we do that, we're going to get to know Jorge a little bit more as well. So Jorge, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Pleasure. So you're in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. What's it like out there at this time of year? It's really nice. That's why I'm out here. It's cooler than the city where we're based, as you can imagine, right? I think you're down south. So it's not 100 here. It's more like 80. So it's good. Yeah, got it. You've got that. We're in Colorado. So we tend to be 70, 80. We did have a couple of 100 degree weather already this summer. That's okay. It's nice to have variety. The four seasons we have here, for sure. For our audience to get to know you, I like to kind of ask the question about, you know, when you were younger, like six, seven, eight, ten, first memories to kind of help connect the dots to what you're doing today. What were you interested in then? What were you passionate about in the early days? You know, that was an interesting question <laughs> that I read, and I was really sort of thinking about it. What I've always enjoyed was building or creating new things, right? Whether it was putting a couple of toys together to sort of build something differently, or I didn't go into art, but I was sort of a fairly decent artist, just using white paper to create new things was something that I always enjoyed. And, you know, lending front is just more of a physical representation of creating something out of my experiences. And that's really one of the things that I would say is it resonates from back then to now. Yeah. So if people are listening and, you know, they're finding themselves being a creator, co-founder CEO is sometimes a good position to exercise those talents. No doubt about it. What's the kind of thread between what you're doing now then? How did you come up with the idea of the software that you deliver? How did you understand the gap in the market and then create the sure. So I followed sort of the more traditional entrepreneur, which is the, you go to work, you get a job, not necessarily the job you want, but you choose something that sort of appeals to you. And, you know, I got recruited to work for, I think, lucky to some of the best lenders in the country, American Express, JP Morgan, Capital One. But I was always in a risk management data function, which requires a lot of sort of creativity, right? How do you lend? When do you lend? What do you look at to lend? And that's where I sort of got insights into most infrastructures that exist today are either sort of commercially focused, meaning for really large institutions looking to borrow like $10 million or very consumer focused, just for us looking to borrow and get a credit card. 
And there was a big gap in small business lending. I tend to straddle the, you know, sort of both worlds a little bit. Lending Front came out of me first initially being one of the early team members of a company called OnDeck, where we pioneered the use of data analytics to, to actually lend. So we were the lenders, but really using the internet as a distribution channel, acquisition channel, using different information like cash flow data, right? This is way back in 07 to determine risk and completely different product structures, right? Daily collections, right? That one, that did well, that went public. But me always as the ex-banker always knew or always expected that those innovations should be in the hands of your standard FIs if we really wanted to solve the capital problem that small businesses face, right? And what, that's what Lending Front is, is taking the experience of having built a platform before, knowing how to lend to small businesses, and now sort of packaging it in infrastructure that banks can use to lend more efficiently. That's awesome. I remember six, seven years ago in downtown Denver, we were looking for a space and on deck was upgrading their offices. And so I remember going through, I was the VP of sales for a comp for a tech company. And we looked at the on deck office and it was so enormous. And I was like, wow, how can you grow out of that space? So obviously they did something right when it comes to the algorithms behind the scenes. And I get it. I mean, there's so many lenders out there these days that come to you, Hey, we've got a really good deal. It's very inexpensive to get capital from us. And then you look at it and it's like, 22% or 34% a year in some cases. And I'm like, how do you define that as being good? You know, and they're just yeah. treating you as if your business is extremely high risk when if they could just plug into QuickBooks and my Bank of America account and the basics, they could see, oh, wow, you have three and a half years of history. You've never missed a payment and know exactly how much they could lend. So I assume those are the kinds of things that you help banks do is analyze those kinds of risk profiles and make good decisions on, on lending. It's really just enabling them to have access to those new data sources and connections because most of our clients are on legacy systems, right? They're not designed to leverage that infrastructure. So their hands tend to be tied. And now how does the AI work? So I'm assuming there's APIs into those feeds and it can all happen in minutes instead of days or hours, days, weeks, in some cases. What's the black box look like on the back end? How does that work? I mean, it's a little different for sort of each client, right? Because again, the way they originate, the way they lend is a little different, but the basics are the same, which is how do you make a banker more efficient? And that's by taking away all the sort of basic, very clear, easy to decision applications, processes, you name it, right? Like AI is really designed so you can essentially just get rid of all the potentially rote steps that a lot of banks force their bankers to do, right? The simple example, and when you sort of use that artificial intelligence picks up really quickly is, and you'll know this very quickly too, is I always ask our clients, like, if you have a client that's been with you for five years, right, they keep whatever, $25,000 in the bank, the owner, you know, has prime credit, 
business, has five employees, and generates over a million dollars in revenue, and all they want is $25,000, are you really going to send that to a banker to analyze and ask for three years of financials, et cetera, et cetera? Or are you going to let the machine sort of figure that out for you, right? And a lot of those things tend to pop up. Obviously, the most obvious ones are the fast no's, right? Also, one of the things banks are really good at in a bad way is holding you hostage for a couple of weeks, whether to tell you no. Yeah, to tell you no. I had a guy move out of state recently, a friend of mine, to Houston. They were like three, four weeks in. At first, they said, yeah, no problem. You're an ex-CMO of a big company. You've got a lot of money. You've got everything. You're fine. And then boom, the day before they were supposed to move and the trucks were showing up. Oh, sorry, you don't qualify anymore. <laughs> he was like, what are you talking about? That can cause some hiccups. It would have been better to know at day two that it was a no. And again, it, it, all, it all stems from the fact that a lot of the decisioning is left to individuals. Thank you for tuning in to the AI for Sales podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Scalex.ai, Pipeline as a Service, and BDR.ai, always on prospecting for LinkedIn. Visit www.scalex.ai if you want to transform your top of funnel prospecting machine, or visit www.bdr.ai if you want to hire a virtual BDR to do LinkedIn prospecting for you for just $500 a month. There are some guidelines, but those guidelines are written and most banks let bankers sort of try to remember what their credit policy is in their head. As you can imagine, sometimes they forget or they get bumped up and somebody goes, they're ah, just in a bad this. mood. <laughs> yeah, they're in a bad mood. Those are sort of the applications. The other big application though is also trying to figure out not just on the risk side, right? How to lend, but also can you predict when somebody will actually need capital? by looking at patterns of their cash flow, right? If it's too choppy, right? Consistent, but choppy, it's a great time to go out and say, hey, do you need a line of credit? Or you're growing rapidly. Maybe you need to expand. Just a lot of signaling to make, again, the outreach a lot more efficient. Yeah, got it. And then does your software automate those steps as well to actually send the email to the banking customer? And say, hey, we noticed you're choppy. You know, let's get you some cash. Yeah. So what we are, well, what we provide is the infrastructure to automate that process. It is still because the bank is the lender of record. They're the ones who have to sort of decide the base level triggers. Yeah, got it. Or, or accept the recommendations to say, yeah, you know, send it to a banker to call the customer or send an email. And I had a colleague of mine on the news in the last. 24 hours. And they asked him about, what do you see going on with small businesses and consumer confidence and growth? And, you know, he kind of haphazardly pulled it from the sky and said, well, I think it's good. And consumer confidence is at a, at a high. And do you have any information based on the data you're seeing of loans? Are there any bumpy waters ahead or are we in pretty good? Uh, well, I will say this. So most of our clients lend to small businesses right? And they usually only lend based on sort of the strength of that business, right? So we saw them like literally stop lending during COVID, like they just stopped, you see this drop, but they were lending at a higher rate 
than pre-COVID. That tells us that there's a lot of confidence because the lending is not based on last year's tax statements or two years tax statements or your collateral value, right? which is meaningless, right? If you think about the last year, right? Like that doesn't mean anything. They're lending based on just the amount of money that they're processing, which means people are spending money in that business's store, right? So if that's growing, is giving a lot of our clients confidence to lend. And it's literally a 45 degree line to the right. Wow, that's good to know. That's real-time data. Next question is, if you didn't have AI today, would your company even exist or how would it exist without AI? Again, I think the difference is just the amount of services or the willingness of maybe some of our clients to be excited about the platform, right? Because a big chunk of what we do is try to help them automate processes, decision points, and it would be up to them to have an AI solution and, or again, leverage people to do it. And that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. So having the ability to sort of have something that helps you auto decision is very important. We have an email technology through a partner that's an Israeli company and it's white labeled. So just like you provide services to banks that white labeled their banking app, ours is a white label of someone else's product. Well, they monitored our manual responses to emails over the last six to 12 months because we set it so that it was pretty low threshold, right? We didn't want to mess anything up. So they monitored us and they said, Chad, you're at a 98.9% satisfactory rate where you can just turn over the keys to the car to the AI and let it respond to the prospects. And there was two or three minor tweaks because if for the 1%, if you responded and said, oh, it sounds like you're not interested. And meanwhile, they said, yes, let's meet. But the AI got it wrong. Then that'd be a problem. So there was ways to program to solve for the 1%. But now I don't have to go in once a week or twice a week and respond to 39 unread emails. The AI is doing it. And now I can go in and look at one or two, the exceptions versus the norm. And that's what it makes sense to me, $25,000 loan or a fast no. These are the kinds of things that the AI can do across large organizations. You know, the elephant in the room for a lot of companies is, well, will this mean that I need less? And I guess, sure, if you have a thousand people on staff, you might be able to get by with less. But most companies don't want to get by with less. They want to grow and they're going to put their money back in, right? So if they save a little bit here, then they'll buy a new building or new equipment or software. I think the big reveal there is most banks, right? Have a number of bankers. They're expensive. They tend to be overworked to a certain degree. And they tend to ignore small businesses because they spend the same amount of time on a $25,000 loan as a million dollars. So the reason you see so many small businesses not get help from banks is the banker is, has to make a choice. Do I spend it looking for and servicing a million dollar request or that $25,000 request? So what this type of technology does and AI does is allows the bank to actually service more customers and it actually makes their staff more efficient because now instead of getting bothered by these small requests, they can go focus on the larger ones. And just be a lot smarter and definitely not reduce staff. If anything, we've seen clients 
add staff to your point because they're being so successful that they're like, okay, we need more support. Because now they can go after a new market and say, let's open it up to small businesses. And now they can afford to hire a new resource or two. That's awesome. What do you think last question of the day is, where's it all heading three years from now, five years from now? Does it replace the human at some point or... Is there always human eyes required on these kinds of... There's always human eyes. I mean, at least for now, right? Until the infrastructure around how businesses form, right? How you validate a business, right? Until like there's no more cash, that kind of stuff, right? You're always going to need a banker, right? Because you still need to know who the customer is. You need to understand what they do to some degree because fraud is an issue, Right borrowing, it may not be fraud, but borrowing because you're not doing as well as you should is still an issue, but things will be significantly more automated and self-serve. What the banker is going to add value to the person is really more on the tailored requests, um, packaging a relationship versus, you know, sort of one-off requests. Now that, you know, I can validate you, especially if you belong to some platform, like you're an Amazon seller, right? I know you're real. I know you deploy I know you have a lot of customers looking at your products, right? I can track you over time. If I can look at that information, I can make decisions relatively quickly and don't really need anyone. But now if you want to buy a building until all the infrastructure to support the buying a building and creating a lien until that becomes digital, you're still going to need some people. Wow. Fascinating conversation today. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I just think we are at the beginning of lending the use of AI, this is just the beginning. Finally, things are catching up in terms of supporting and feeding the data you need to make things a lot more accurate and efficient. Is it a proprietary AI system that you built or are you finding some of these tools out there like Watson and and Google and Microsoft? You know, they're all coming up with a body of AI do you have to build your own or can you attach on to something that's already? Yeah, we use whatever's available. We're not doing crazy stuff. We're like, <laughs> do you give this guy a loan or not, right? That is not rocket science. It's some basic things you look at. We don't need to reinvent the wheel there. Yeah, got it. That's excellent. I think that's where things are headed to as standardizations occur. Then the flywheel's already built. You might as well leverage all that body of work of hundreds of man years <laughs> that's gone into it. So Makes sense. Well, awesome conversation. Jorge Sun, co-founder, CEO of LendingFront.com. If you know anyone in banking, if you are in banking, you know, highly encourage you. If you want to expand your footprint to reach out and help support small businesses, this is a really cool software technology that could help you do that more effectively. Thank you so much, Chad. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next AI for Sales show. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to the AI for Sales podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Scalex.ai, Pipeline as a Service, and BDR.ai, always on prospecting for LinkedIn. Visit www.scalex.ai if you want to transform your top of funnel prospecting machine, or visit www.bdr.ai. If you want to hire a virtual BDR to do LinkedIn prospecting for you for just $500 a month. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the AI for Sales podcast with Chad Burmeister. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate the ever-changing landscape of sales to help you 5x, 10x, or even 100x your sales motion sales velocity through artificial intelligence. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit www.scalex.ai. Until next time.